This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. We were discussing on the break the size of the classrooms. Uh, well, sorry, classes at W. Ross. Not the size of the classrooms. They're reasonable size. But uh, in my day at the school, uh, I, we, were, we were we considered it a big class if we had nine in it. And, and yeah. once in a while, you had a homeroom that had a few more people. But generally, your individual classes, you'd still only have eight or nine. We were very privileged with the, the kind of attention we yes. could have for education, Ramya. Like, I mean, when you go to, when I went to Saunders here in London, whoa, he's 32, 35 mm-hmm. in a, a school with 2,500 people? Yikes. Yeah, that's really, really fun to hear about how small the classes were. It reminds me of our spec ed classes, right? If we were having to go into the spec ed room and uh, there's, you know, a couple other people there, but nothing like the 30 and 40 student classes. Um, on a regular basis. What's spec? Special ed. Special oh, okay. education. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's simple enough. I wonder how come I'm even hesitated thinking. I have a feeling you know what that is, Kelly. You do, yeah. Awesome, yeah, that's really great. But it's so interesting when you talk, uh, you know, size uh, versus and. You know, you do understand a lot of the overwhelming, especially if you never had been before, or even how underwhelming if you were in oh, um, yeah. mainstream and you went to a W. Rods. Hey, man, where, where is <laughs> everybody? everybody else? What's going right. on here? All this space and there's hardly anybody here. Wow. Folks, uh, once a month we get a chance, as we mentioned in the previous segment with the students, we get to talk a little woodworking. Let's welcome in Jeff Thompson. Let's talk wood. We're talking practical and safe woodworking. Hi, I'm Jeff Thompson. Welcome to the Woodpile. You know I always play out those sound effects, man. It's Jeff's working away. Let's interrupt him. Hey, Jeff, welcome back. Hey, how are you doing? Awesome. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for the topic today. Uh, I mean, last time we had a great topic, a lot of great information. Today you're going to take us in that same kind of direction. We're going to talk about affordable wood flooring and of course the important thing about that is the installation so can we start jeff what is do-it-yourself wood flooring well some people call it floating wood flooring in other words it floats on top of a floor that's down below so it doesn't touch the outside edges of the wall in case it wants to expand so it's actually floating on top your other floor wow so that's interesting. Like when you when you say that to, does it help you with your confidence working on it? Because, I mean, you know, you're doing a lot of cutting, you're getting everything ready. Um, does that have any plus in the sense of, oops, made a mistake here. It's bulging. It's bubbling up here. Uh, th- th- does this help avoid some of that, especially if it's a first time being done? Well, I think the first time being done, it's a perfect job that you can explore experiment with it, you know, do go start with the 10 by 10 bedroom with one closet and do it over and over until you get it right before you head to the living room where the whole family will notice it every day. (laughs) Um, I say clear out the room, get going on it. And you only need a few tools to really get started on this. And I really think that once you get the hang of it, you know, once you get the first, second, third row going, it just kind of like uh, tinker toys or something. You just keep on working your way to the other side. Mm. And I, I think that 
what it does for the confidence on a project like this. I mean, it, if you've got a home, you're trying to improve upon it, and you're working at things like this, is this kind of one of those things as much as you say, well, it's a whole flooring job and blah, but it's the kind of thing that you start you start building confidence from that. And, and is it easier to make that correction and make someone, uh, you know, be able to do that and feel confidence to take on the next project, which might be something else? I mean, other than painting a wall. Yeah, and I don't like painting. Um, but... <laughs> The, but the floor thing is really nice because it's basically straight planks, cut the size, you interlock them, you work yourself away across the floor. Once you get that pattern down, you kind of keep on moving with it. And you you come across some obstacles, like there might be a little notch in the wall that sticks out two inches and then continues down. So you have to work around that. Then you might want to go into the closet seamlessly, but you can plan for that. Take a 10-foot uh, span of a floor, 10 by 10. If it's 8 inches, there's 15 pieces that'll perfectly work out that. Things don't always end up that way. You might end up with only an inch left. So if you start out with a board and cut it first so you can balance that, so when you get to the other side, so you have a substantial nice piece to end with, that's better. So there's some math that has to go into this a little bit. Planks are usually four to six feet long. Right. And if your wall's 10 feet, that's, you know, you can balance it out. So you don't want the seam always. You don't want to go six, then four, six, then four, six. Mm. You want to go six, four, then four, six, and then two, four, four, you know, something of that nature right? Uh, to break it up. Basically, if you have six, all your pieces are going to be six, except for the end pieces, where you start and where you end, left mm -hmm. to right. So it's just, but once you get past that, that thought process, it repeats and you're, you're on your way. So what do we need to consider? Like if we're thinking of installing a wood floor, um, what are the kinds of things? Like do we go to cost first and then, you know, the type of wood or type of floor we're looking for? Like is that where we start? I would start in the traffic that's in that room. If you're having a, an entryway area, you want a nice hard floor that'll t take on the wear and tear. And then, of course, we want to start thinking, you know, stick within our budget. And that's where different types of woods come in. There's actual wood, floating wood floors that are actually laminated with real wood on the top and like a plywood on the bottom. Uh, this ain't real thick, 916s, half inch thick. But <clears throat> there's also engineered wood. And then there's vinyl wood. Um, I, I keep saying wood, but it makes it look like wood planks that you're installing. They interlock on the left and the right and on the long edge. So you kind of clip them into place. Uh, you angle it and then snap it down and they tap them into place. Uh, but your consideration is going to be the price. The more authentic, the real wood style is going to be more expensive. Um, there's a luxury vinyl that's real popular right now. That's expensive because it's popular and the demand is high right now. So there's lots of things. So I would say... Get the measurement of your room, go into your local uh, Home Depot or some store that sells the wood and tell them what kind of price range you're thinking of and find out where you would fall in and what they suggest. Mm. What, what about when you're considering doing your flooring, that, that room's use? 
what what's going to go on in there, what's going to be put in there. Do you really think in this case, when we're talking this kind of project, do you think about that a lot or, or, or give it much thought or, or what? Honestly, when I did my, I did my whole basement and, um, I went by price. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Kelly style. Well, that that's that that's important. It's really important. And because I was doing the job, I was going to save. Some people yeah. charge, you know, three to seven dollars a square foot, and you start adding that up. That ten by ten room times seven would be seven hundred dollars to have someone do it. So I could actually add that to the quality of the wood if I wanted to upgrade it, you know, and spend the same, or I could save that money and use something that works. Uh, the nice thing about a wood floor is once it's in, it can be removed. It's not like you're putting in a real wood floor that, right. you know, that takes a team. That takes a professional team to put that in. But yeah, when, it, when you're talking about the traffic area, you want to ask them how this would wear. What is their experience with a wood that is in a high traffic, like a kitchen area or a front entry area where you're going to bring shoes in and boots and, you know, all that type of traffic that I would really ask them what they have found works best. Mm. It's really interesting. Go ahead. Oh, and, and they're going to have, you know, <laughs> they're salespeople. They're going to have, oh, then we go into this area and they'll have seven different things to choose from and blah, blah, blah. You know, so everyone's happy. So is it recommended for that person doing this maybe the first time to more go with, as you say, ask those questions, but go with cheaper because of the potential of, oh, shoot, made a mistake here, pulling it up. And, and like you said, you're, you're able to pull it up and fix it and, and just put it back down again if you've done something or something is kind of off in whatever way. If you have trouble like that, it, it is, again, sensible to do it more economically. I think instead of cheaper, I would say affordable. If you can afford something and try it in a small bedroom, somewhere where you can get the experience, you'll yes. know which tools you're going to use. You're right. going to use a miter saw. You're going to use a little tapping mallet or something to tap them into place. It's nice to have a table saw handy if you have to rip them. Some of these are, you can score them and snap them. Hmm. I don't know. I, I haven't done that yet, but I since I do have a table saw, I can go out there. But you can score it with a sharp razor blade, a box cutter type of thing, and then snap it um, for length. But it's one of those things you're going to learn how to do it. Like if I'm working across a, a – I'm going to just use this 10-foot wall uh, floor and go across. I go six and then four because I cut off two feet. I can use that two – on the back half of the wall when I get to that side because it'll go on the opposite side. So it's like use your resources. You're not going to be wasting this. So affordability and it's going to be your first three rows. That's, going to, that's where all your waste is going to come in because you're going to learn real quick what's working for you and what's not. And the neat thing about it is like putting a puzzle together. You know how people like to put the edges together first? Mm -hmm. Well, that first edge goes together first, then the second edge. But now the first edge is vulnerable because you're playing around with the second and then the third. And then it all springs apart sometimes. It's So <laughs> what I did was I put dumbbells on the first two rows once I got them together to, just to give it some stability. But But it took me an right. hour to figure something out. Like mm -hmm. I didn't have enough people to come in and stand there and hold this in place. But yeah, but it's really neat because when you put that second row in, then the third row and, you know, you stay a quarter inch from the walls, 
So you got to remove your trim if you have cord around around the base edge like that. And um, when you come to a door jam, really neat trick is to lay a piece right next to the door jam where the trim comes down and then do a flush saw, a little, I don't know if you've seen them, they're flat saws in a sense. You lay that right across that piece of wood and cut that little 916 off the bottom so you can slide your wood right underneath your trim of your door. So that's a neat little trick. So the the tools you were talking about, going back to them, um, anything that you didn't mention yet or do you want to specify what some of those tools would be used for? Well, the miter saw, you're going to cut your lengths off. So if you if you go six feet and you got four, then you got to cut two feet off of there. So you want to cut that off and snap it into place and cleaning up. Or if you try doing the uh, score and snap and it doesn't come out clean, you might want to clean that off. Um, a mallet you want to do because when you snap these into place, it's nice to have a little blocking board to set on the edge of it and tap them a little bit tighter, uh, get it more secure. Um you want a measuring device. Uh, I use a click ruler, which is a neat device we've talked about on a previous episode, and that gives me accurate measurements. But like I said, once you start doing that 6-4 and have two left over, then you're going to go 2-6-2. Two, two. I mean, that's going to be your pattern after a while. So you, you start getting into these setups that you're going to be using. Um, the other tools is probably when you get to your transition piece at the end, you might... Either use finishing nails and nail that down, and that would be like when you come to a doorway into the hallway where you uh, transition. You just don't want the edge of the wood sitting there. So Mm -hmm. they make these pieces that are tapered down so it transitions through the doorway right down so you you don't notice it very much. I always, you know, I think about it, it's like, Oh, certain like pieces of Lego. It's it's kind of like it's when you think of the logic of what you're doing and and what the the puzzle piece. If you want, oh, I've got to get this done. What's this do that? Like the transition piece, the, the doing the cut by the door. These are things that make the job uh, easier, sensible, and 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 look right. Um, so do we empty out the room and get started? What's the plan? Exactly. You get the room out and then you start doing your measurements. One thing you really want to make sure is. When you're starting on the wall, start on the wall opposite the closet because then you can work your way to the closet, plan that out so when your last piece comes up there, you don't have one inch. You know, if your boards are eight inches, you want to make it about a four so you can cut that, snap it down, and then have four of it start going into the closet there. And once you're in there, then you just finish it out and cut the last piece and snap that down. Then you go put your trim back on and all's well. And the other thing is it might be someone, it might be nice to have someone come in and take a look at the pieces because it might be a mix of pieces, like some maple looking darker and lighter. You don't want to put all the light here, then all the dark here. You want to do it helter skelter. You want to mix it up. So it's it's nice to have some eyes on it and, you know, say, oh, you got like three shades. We'll make three piles and draw from them mm-hmm. randomly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just so you have that. Yeah. The aesthetic is like a big part of it, right? With flooring. And I think that that's um, uh, really interesting. Anything about the closet or back to the trims? Well, uh, the closet is going to be interesting because you're going to have a piece that is shaped like a, like a flagpole and a flag on it because Part of it will go into the closet and then you got to pick it up from another piece that will go longer around the door trim. So it's interesting and 
And that's why they always say get 10% more than you need because stuff happens. And that's where you might want to put certain spots. You say, nope, the bed's going there. And that's for a reason. <laughs> that's where something happened. <laughs> well, not not much can happen because you just get a different Lego piece, right? I mean, That's exactly right. it. Yeah. The, the clip, and, remember the old commercial? Tick, tick, tick. Um, what about template though, and, and everything like that? What when we're doing this work, especially on that door jam and the trims, and removing things, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, say you cut your first three rows, or you you take your trim off and your door jam pieces and stuff, and you want to change it up because the floor color is totally different. Don't throw them away. Right. Use those. You can duplicate those pieces with new trim. And you know the measurements. You just have to duplicate them. And, you know, if there's 45 cuts or if they're, uh, you know, certain lengths and stuff like that, you have all the templates to use to cut that stuff up. And that sure beats measuring and guessing. You can just use these and measure them, uh, lay them up against the board and cut the exact same size. Awesome, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, thanks a lot, man. Uh, great to talk about, great to think about, and a good project for people to, to kind of start, especially the, the, the new homeowner. All right. Have a good one. Jeff Thompson joins us once a month here on the program. We talk woodworking with him and uh, always have a great time. We learn a lot. Next month, we're going to cover the benefits of finding that local lumber yard and the impact driver uh, or drill as you know it is. We'll step aside for a couple of moments here on Kelly and Company. And uh, what do we have ahead? Let's see. We'll tell you what's coming up on tomorrow's program. And we'll see what uh, the gang over on AMI-TV, now with Dave Brown, what they've got in store as Paul Daniel joins us. Hopefully you'll stick around and join us after the break. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.